episode 126, Nicholas Rapold. In this episode, Neil talks to the writer, editor and podcaster, Nicholas Rapold, about his brilliant podcast, The Last Thing I Saw, plus film culture, film Twitter and the art of conversation. And all of that means that Neil and Dario get to discuss some of their favourite topics, namely podcasting and film culture. Many thanks to Nicholas for his time and his patience. We hope you enjoyed the conversations. with the show. Welcome to the Cinematologist Podcast. I'm Dario Linares, and down the line, of course, is my good friend Neil Fox. Neil, great to see you, great to talk to you. How are you doing? Same, buddy. Really nice to be back with you again. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I am fresh from the barbers, so feeling feeling chipper. I can see that. That's an impressive, you know, kind of... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's sort of uh, Elvis-ish. It reminds me of when I was... Uh, when I had hair, a good... Uh, a good couple of decades ago um yeah very 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 impressive thank you very much i have a barber who really likes cutting my hair um and because uh, like he 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 often just has to do the same you know the same cut over and over again to all the students in falmouth who, who trundle in so he likes to kind of go to town and I, I used to have it kind of quiffed it's a bit it's a bit kermode i'm gonna be honest um you know i'll say it it um, is quiff, quiff it's a quiff-tastic yeah the, the rockabilly elvis kind of style and i used to have it like that um, years ago, and kind of drifted back into it. But uh, this today was my first free haircut because um, he cut my ear, um, which was <laughs> which was an experience. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, he was mortified. Um, glad, I'm, which I'm pleased to say, you know, he didn't he didn't pretend it was nothing, um, and he was very worried about it. So it was odd, and it was one of those things where it's like, I sort of said, "Oh, does that happen very often?" And he said, "No." He said he'd never, it honestly, never happened to him before. And I said it. I'd, something I'd never really thought about, but it's when it when it happened, I was like, well, of course, like, you know, yeah. there's, there's blades literally whizzing around my head. Um, it's not too bad though, is it? It's not Evander Holyfield kind of chunks missing or anything. No, I was a bit worried just before we recorded. I took the plaster off, and yeah, it's all intact. It's, it's all, all intact. okay. I can hear uh, fine. It hasn't yeah. it hasn't given me any added hearing sense. Um, yeah. Or any added sense. <laughs> so. So you, so you didn't cry out in terror a la Reservoir Dogs, I'm fucking deformed! <laughs> I should have done, shouldn't I? It would have re- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was already freaked out. Um, yeah. He certainly wasn't in a, in a... He wasn't dancing around behind me before he did it, so I think it was no. a genuine mistake. Um, okay. Oh, that was a missed opportunity, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, well, never mind next time. Never mind, never mind. I, on the other hand, of going going for the, the full 
the full Foucault. The full Foucault. You know, with, with, with the glasses and the black T-shirt today, it's, uh, yeah, leaning into that. Do you have a tennis injury or something there? You've got your hands... Yeah, your yeah. It's, it's my typical thing, wrist injury, elbow in, in, injury. I'm... Um, how can... I, how can I say this now? When I when I play sports, I still imagine that I'm 22, not 47, and I put you know an awful lot of physicality into it. But I can't, I I just can't sustain that. So what I what I tend to do is have summers of managing various injuries, and then take winter breaks off so that they can get a rest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's the bane of my life that I, I came. I, I got beat the other day by somebody who was a lot younger than me, but somebody I, I thought I could beat, and just annoyed basically at being too old. Yeah, you know, to to to, to keep up. I know that feeling well. When I went back to playing football after a break of about sort of twelve years, I had to kind of have that conversation with myself, like, you know, yeah. you're not you're not that person anymore. Um, yeah. And it changed my game and I still enjoy it. But when, I, when I'm when i tired, when I'm playing with Tyler, I can really feel myself getting into the space of being annoyed that I can't do the things or that, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah. I play with, yeah, sort of people, yeah, at least sort of 10, if not 20 yeah. years younger than me. And it's, it's, it's a constant conversation with myself to just be like, chill out, dude, you know. Because yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. I can't play no. anymore and I want to keep playing. So it's... it's a necessary conversation. Um, yeah. God, we, this is another thing is, another non non filmy start to the. Yeah, <laughs> to the, true. Hopefully, our listeners yeah. like hearing about our our ailments, <laughs> <laughs> old man problems. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a limit maybe to the Absolutely. to the to the scope of that. So yeah, we keep it kind of under wraps a little bit. But interestingly, yeah, I spoke to a couple of people about the 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 last bonus. Who said, you know, really interesting stuff, sort of talking on a more personal level, which we do sort of more on the bonus. But even me, I'm kind of a little bit reticent to go too far in, in terms of to the, the, the personal element of stuff. But, you know, because this is not a, not a, a um, what, what you might call a sort of self-reflexive psychoanalytic kind of podcast, you know. But, um, yeah, that, I mean, it was interesting. That was fun, that whole, uh, that whole episode. But um, today we've got a, an episode... Coming up that, that you organised. Why don't you fill us on that? On that? Yeah, so today is a conversation that I had with Nicholas Rapold, who is a writer and podcaster. Um, listeners uh, who have sort of read Film Comment over the last few years might be familiar with his name. He was the editor of Film Comment for a while. Um, and he's a writer whose work has popped up in places like the New York Times and Reverse Shot and places like that. So he's, you know, long-established writer and critic. And yeah, just someone that I really... I really like and he he's been doing a podcast now since the start of 2020 called the last thing i saw which i just really like um and i just wanted to yep. talk to him about it so we uh we had a kind of conversation about podcasting and criticism and film culture that hopefully uh will be of interest to people yeah i um i just listened to his pet sold episode this morning just to get more of a sense again of of putting into context the the interview into a recent episode that that you'd mentioned on there and i think what's interesting specifically you know because we always compare other podcasts to ours other film podcasts to ours and i think this this sort of uh, regular cycle of getting people on who have their own podcasts is really is really fruitful i think but there are a lot of similarities but it's interesting i, I think how the main the main differences i think are the fact that it his podcast definitely comes from a journalistic standpoint and and fits in structurally and also in terms of what his interests are in terms of that 
historical and contemporary um not analysis is the wrong word but but reckoning with what criticism is doing from a journalistic perspective so that that's really interesting to to listen to and then the the that mode of delivery just he he has i mean because he he introduces it himself so it's just him there's much more of a kind of what i would say is a um it's not formulaic but but a, a kind of controlled um, intro into his sections and use of the voice, which is, which is interesting because when you listen to the interview, he's a little bit more relaxed mm. and a little bit more conversational. So it's just interesting how you know moving in and out of the the sections of his podcast because on on that episode, obviously, he interviews Petzold, and then he talks to a friend of his, and that sort of sense of the conversation in the interview with Petzold, which is very much, I think. Again, within that context of being a journalistic, he got 10 or 15 minutes with him and had to kind of get the main points out. And then there's a much more kind of, yeah, um, uh, uh, personal to a certain degree, but also, you know, just uh, uh, shooting the breeze with somebody who's in the same area in the sort of journalistic field of, of, of writing and podcasting, which again is a different move. So the way that he structures all of his bits together in the podcast, I think is interesting to compare to to what we do and you know you you sort of uh, that's the main thrust really isn't it of the of the interview yeah absolutely i was yeah kind of it's interesting when like you say you listen to things that you like and you kind of reflect on why you like them and why they kind of strike a chord and i think you're absolutely right picking out those things which were certainly things i respond to i like i like yeah i like that kind of the different the different voices and the different tones within one episode you know and, and being able to hear people operate in different ways and in in, alongside each other rather than separating them out rather than saying here's a short pet sold interview and then separately you know I'm, it's one of the things that we've always we've always liked about this isn't it you know that, that there's there's different voices and there's different there's different sort of there's different sections that have their own voice and their own tone in in, in a single episode and yeah it was just you know it's just another another chance that the, the podcast throws up to talk to someone who you find interesting and you think is doing interesting work in the same space as you and yeah had a really nice time and I do have to thank him for being very patient it was a it was a really difficult interview technically um it was a a couple of days there where I had very very bad internet um but he was very gracious um and yeah sort of a nice bonding moment when he was sort of saying that he felt that it's you know he felt pleased that it wasn't just the him that these sort of things happen to him i think it's par for the podcast course but uh yeah really really generous with his time and his answers and had a had a really nice time and we'll yeah come back after the conversation to hear your thoughts dario Uh, i'm looking forward to hearing what you made of our chat so yeah this is me with nicholas rapold So thanks for doing this anyway. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. I guess we'll start with podcasting. Indeed. So, yeah, you took over the Film Comment podcast when Violet left. um, And you seem to really enjoy that. And then obviously you've now moved into uh, your own podcast. You know, so what is it about podcasting that you like? and, And why did you want to sort of set out on your own and do one? Well, it's... There's just something about the the form that I think lends itself well to kind of an open dialogue 
uh, I guess dialogue being one key word there. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that's earth shattering to you, you know, obviously, but I, I think that it allows a kind of open-ended conversation. Um, I mean, ideally, uh, you know, I don't know if we want to say in the old days or something, there would be able to have, you could have a kind of dialogue. Uh, you know, a person would write one piece, someone else would write another piece. Um, I think a lot of that has been sort of short-circuited. You know, we all know the usual uh, suspects and shifts in media, all these things that are just happening uh, naturally with technology. And uh, and I just found that the podcast allows a way to talk uh, and connect with people. Um, and also one thing I really like, it's not, it doesn't pose as being, at least the way I like to do it, it doesn't pose as being definitive or authoritative, like the last word on something. Um, and I guess that sort of brings me back to maybe part of the genesis of why we did the festival podcasts. Um, because there was a lot of uh, you know, there is a lot of pressure to turn around reviews very quickly. Uh, you know, there are all sorts of horror stories related to that. Uh, and I very much admire people who work in trades who are able to do that. Um, and on a regular basis, I think, you know, when I was, when I was covering festivals, I just felt the podcast was a way of covering things without saying, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on a movie uh, right away, and also being able to talk with two, you know, one, two, three other people about it and having this kind of, you know, polyphony. Um, so I, that's part of what was appealing to me. Yeah, what I used to love about the festival podcast, I still, you know, still do in terms of other places that do it, not quite as well, I would say, but certainly similar, is that that process of hearing people think in a way that you, like you mm. say, when it's on the page, it's the thought as captured at the time, but, but there's something about hearing people, particularly I like in the, directly after a screening, you know, kind of wrestling mm -hmm. with what have I just seen? How do I feel about it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and also, you know, maybe not having time to, you know, fall back, fall back on very familiar language, uh, you know, and I think that's part of just the formula of review writing that we want to get something across. We use language that's familiar. For me, my philosophy has always been, you know, you want to find original language to match what you feel is new or original or different about a movie. Um, and maybe there's something about the podcast uh, that lets you kind of work that thing, work that out. As you say, thinking uh, on the spot, um, it's a little more casual. So that's always an interesting thing when you can add that. But, you know, as you know, you, you your podcast and, and, and other podcasts, People are really skillful. I mean, I, I wish I could be uh, as eloquent as some of the people I, you know, I, I, I talk with on, on the podcast. Uh, so it's it, that's another thing. I think it, it can kind of get a get a rap as being just sort of off the cuff and rambling <laughs> and that sort of thing. And I'm sure there there's there's some some occurrences of that. Um, but I think it's also just a wonderful, uh, yeah, discursive space yeah. to. <laughs> Yeah, and I did want to talk a bit with you about that in a bit in terms of your podcast and as a space for that. Um, but it sounds like you've kind of made a conscious decision to kind of step away from maybe editing and sort of, you know, you know, as the sort of soul, not the soul, but the kind of the 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 largest part of your kind of, sort of critical output into this space and really sort of engage with it on its own terms. Did you feel like it was it was time to kind of do something else in terms of the types of uh, sort of criticism you were engaging with? I still like to do all kinds of 
work. For me, it's very important still to do a mix of uh, editing and writing. Um, I think at the moment I am doing a bit more writing and a bit more podcasting. Uh, I mean, I write with some regularity for the New York Times, um, and then you know every every month, you know, like with a lot of people uh, who uh, uh, you know are not writing for one place. Uh, there's there's some other opportunity. I wrote something for Reverse Shot, you know, a couple of months ago about Gunda, uh, uh, you know, and I have an interview in this Dutch magazine uh, coming. I think is out now about Jessica Hausner, uh, and so you know, it's just just sort of a bit harkening back to. I mean, I, I used to be a, a I don't know. Uh, very busy freelance writer. So uh, I, I don't, I'm not shifting uh, definitively away from uh, editing, I, I would say. I mean, I think one particular thing I did this year was editing a sort of online magazine for the Berlin Critics Week. Uh, and that was really satisfying because these were movies that did not have a lot of writing uh, on them. And I was able to work with a great mix of, uh, you know, younger and mid-career writers, uh, some of whom I had worked with before. So it was a real pleasure to have that opportunity. Um, so I don't know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix, you know, it's been a, you know, it's been a year, uh, with, with a lot of changes. Uh, so you kind of have to roll with, roll with things. Absolutely. How have you found, uh, podcasting in the pandemic, you know, I think it's it seems to have been a time where sort of certain types of podcasts have sort of come come into their own because of the affordances of, of the pod, of the pandemic. Have you found that? Um, yeah, I, I I think so. I, it's it's been a way to connect when not medically advisable to <laughs> connect in person, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean that's that's been really valuable, and it's also come into its own as a cultural space uh, because again I mean for me especially not having theater having cinema lobbies you know that's like big part of my social life in New York because we have so many wonderful we're blessed with so many repertory theaters um, and then just the usual events in this film world uh, film culture world uh, so yeah it's been it has been good for that and yeah again another byproduct of kind of being shut up <laughs> indoors and so you know I, I have the patience to kind of work on a, a podcast and work on the audio and whatever stitch things together I've, I've compared it to knitting sometimes uh, <laughs> just working over some audio and making it you know uh, it's, it's kind of repetitive but at the end it's satisfying uh, so yeah nice it seems like the I really like listening to your podcast because it feels like a, a place for for friends you know, like you're, you're, you're kind of, you've got a, a nice circle, of obviously critics, but, but it feels like a space where you've got friends coming in to hang out, but mm -hmm. not in that kind of horrible celebrity way of <laughs> not saying anything. It feels like you've kind of created a space for them to, to kind of flex their critical muscles and to, and to think through things and to talk about things they might not necessarily get commissioned to write about, you know, how much of that was part of the design or was that just, you know, naturally fell into well, first, thanks for for saying that because that I mean that it is nice to hear that it's it if, if I'm hearing you right that it is something that's 
a mix of critical and casual so that yeah. it's not it's not just chatter i also like to think it's not just people you know throwing their critical weight around or holding forth in a way that can also get a little old um or just hearing themselves talk themselves talk and that's partly i mean i don't do a lot of editing so i can't say i even cut out most of that i think there is for some reason people have accepted this sort of vibe of that we're going to try to talk about things try to get somewhere maybe by the end of the conversation, uh, even if that just means we've conveyed to each other uh, as much as we can about what we liked uh, and uh, how we were moved by some something, and yeah, I, I have to say that that was that was my kind of vision for at least how I wanted to do uh, a podcast, uh, and like a lot of things that comes out of just I don't know who. <laughs> Person, personality or who I am. I mean, I just love, like I said, I like having these conversations in a uh, movie theater lobby um, and where we kind of hash over what you see. And um, what can I say? I don't, I don't love to be in a conversation where like you're trying to one up each other or something. And you were sort of saying that it wasn't say, yeah, you, sort of, you know, a, a space for kind of conversation um, which I, I'm really interested in, I think, because I think that it's it sounds flippant, but it, I think it is true that there's not much space in the the culture for for conversation, which should be, yeah, kind of intelligent, but also fun and interesting and, and, and things like that. And it certainly feels like you've created a space for really interesting people to to have those kinds of conversations. No, thank you. I mean, that's. Uh, you know, that's as much a product of the people who take the time to come on, on the podcast. You know, they, they, um, they're willing to play, play along and, and we see where it goes. Uh, and it's, I, I mean, and I really, you know, I can't, in, I can't entirely shed, uh, my editorial instincts just in the sense that, you know, sometimes I do feel like I really want to cover this movie or I really want to cover this streaming series, you know, as, as it's been in the past pandemic. Um, so, you know, sometimes I've done like a special episode, uh, I've partly as experimenting because I'm, I'm, you know, comparatively new to this. So I did a special episode, uh, about, uh, time, for example, or at least where, you know, one part was a discussion of time and then another part was a, the episode was a discussion of something else. And so that's, that I, that's something I, I like to do, you know, and then also one thing where I'm not as burdened by the journalistic imperative is, you know, I can decide to do a podcast about, I'm going to have a podcast coming up that's just about one movie. Uh, and it's, I don't think it's necessarily the kind of movie even that you would do a podcast that, of one movie on, but I, you know, uh, it's, it, and there is sort of a peg to it, so to speak, but um, you know, it's fun to have that freedom as well. Um, so I, I, you know, every week something else uh, strikes me. But absolutely, I agree. I mean, I've been calling the podcast, it probably sounds corny, but since people ask that, you kind of celebrate the art of conversation, uh, you know, and you're trying to kind of live or enact film culture in a way, you know, <clears throat> as much as you can. And I do think, I mean, one interesting thing to think about for me is, does this change when, you know, physical film culture, the, the real world, uh, so to speak, is we're out it about more? 
Um, and I don't, I don't think it does. I mean, that's part of the criteria for me is you want to make something that's good enough uh, for people to enjoy and pursue, even when they have hundreds of other choices of things uh, to do. And, and part, part of that maybe is uh, I, I've also been fortunate to do more filmmaker interviews lately. Um, and that's going to continue because that's always been really important to me is having that dialogue uh, and figuring out, you know, what, uh, what, what's happening with the movie um, and having that conversation because that's always just been close to my heart and everything I've done. Uh, um, at the same time, not treating the filmmaker as the last word either, um, but having the conversation uh, on that side as well. Yeah. Have you found that kind of easier or, you know, during the pandemic in terms of getting access to people and them wanting to spend more time? It feels like the sorts of conversations that filmmakers are having on podcasts, you know, not just yours, but, you know, you've got a good relationship as an interviewer, but it feels like just people are a bit more open. They are in podcasts in general, but certainly in the last year, it feels like they're, again, stuck at home, kind of willing to to kind of think more and, and sort of spend more time talking about their work. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, because at least I don't know how it's been. You're in the UK, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the the rhythms. We've had maybe slightly different rhythms about who you know when movies have been out. Like you had this thing, I think, where in the UK, I think you had like First Cow was coming out in the summer or something or something like that. There was one point where things are a little off off color so that's that's sort of affects when people are around and sometimes i've been able to take advantage of that but i i guess people are around i mean the thing is publicity it, it comes with the job uh i mean i'll never forget this was early for me in my career interviewing david cronenberg and i thought the interview was going well but at the end i was still like you know thanks for taking the time i know you'd probably be rather be making another movie right now. He just matter of fact, said, no, this is part of the job, you know? Uh, and so that is part of it. And maybe there's even like contractual part, part to it. So at least when it's a movie that's out, um, that happens. And yeah, I, it helps that I've been working as a journalist for, I don't know, 15 years at least. Um, and so, you know, it's, I have the relationships with publicists, so, the, so I, I can arrange things that way. I mean, I mean, to your question, like probably in like the first couple months of the pandemic, um, I mean, when I was working on a film comic podcast, um, but even, I don't know, when I was doing stuff on my own. Um, yeah, I mean, I was kind of just able to get in touch with Nadev Lapid or, um, you know, uh, I don't trying to think who else we talked to, Sandy Tan, Sandy, you know, and have a conversation that was probably a bit freer, also probably freer because they weren't, they weren't doing the publicity circuit. Um, and, you know, in the past year, I probably could have gotten even more adventuresome uh, in the past, whatever, six to eight months. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think you're right, <laughs> but I've been able to kind of enjoy just talking with critics and friends so far but now i'm yeah, i kind yeah. of once i got a taste like once i did you know the the by the time i did the fincher interview with him mm -hmm. and his uh longtime production designer don burt i was like kind of feel like i've been missing <laughs> doing these 
And so, yeah. Yeah. That was a great, um, that was a great chat. Because I wasn't a fan of Mank, but it was one of those conversations where you see the film through a different lens, you know, and sort of brought out the things about it that I appreciated. Um, yeah, I really like that that conversation. Thank you. It was interesting you brought up Cronenberg there because this is probably a bit of a, might go on a bit of a tangent, but I was, I've been listening to the Pinewood Dialogues, the Momi podcasts. They've released all these arch- amazing archive interviews. Yeah. And... Some of them, they're sort of from the 90s, a lot of them, and they really kind of sort of brought up a lot of questions about how filmmakers have changed in terms of this part of the job. Um, you know, so it's interesting the sort of Cronenberg saying that it's part of the job because in his, he's really matter of fact about video and VHS and, you know, sort of saying like, you can say what you like about theatrical and, but without VHS, I wouldn't have a career you know, and VHS sales. And he's just, his, his kind of, his way of understanding the business was so refreshing and was, he was so kind of engaged with the questions and that, which just, I don't know if I felt like, oh, wow, Q and A's were better in the old days or whether filmmakers are just kind of this. But then he also said, it's interesting that they, so he would sort of say there's like three to, he, they, when he started his career, they'd have three to five reviews. And now there's, this was in the nineties sort of saying 30. And now I was thinking, wow, that's at least 300 <laughs> in terms of like the, you know, so, yeah, absolutely. It's it's been curious. Yeah, I I mean, I my career doesn't go far enough back to know what the you know landscape and rhythms were pre-internet. Um, it I mean, I'm sure like junkets uh, or roundtables were have always been somewhat grueling um, uh, and that kind of circuit. Um, it does seem, though, that there is a great deal of work required of filmmakers, and I mean that. I don't I'm pr- probably for you too. That only makes me feel like I really want to respect that time yeah. with them, you know, and uh, make the most of it. And again, that's always my thing with the podcast interviews. I and again, maybe the editor and me too. I kind of don't want to retread uh, things, and maybe you know, sometimes I wonder if my filmmaker interviews, they can seem like I'm not asking the obvious question, but if I feel like it's already been <laughs> asked, unless I'm taking it to a new direction, I'm not necessarily yeah. going to ask it, you know? Um, so that's something, but yeah, I don't know. Definitely there are all these online outlets and one thing that I have witnessed, I mean, I can say that over the past 15 years, I do think I've been able to perceive uh, the awards season um, continue to balloon um, and this is kind of a pet topic of mine, a lot of people, and really kind of warp the critical landscape. Um, and in some ways, I think critics have um, relinquished some of their authority as critics because many have accepted uh, or many pursue the value of awards as a benchmark or a marker or a way of talking or a way of marking time, a way of marking any number of things about movies. And I don't want to be too harsh. Uh, on the one hand, it feels a little lazy because it's an easy way to say something is important without actually staking something yourself. Um, but and the reason I don't want to be too harsh is the industry hasn't, and by industry, I just mean like literally 
economics. I have not always been on the side of critics, I don't need to say. And so it is hard to say, I'm just going to review the things I think are really great. You don't have the choice, you know, or I mean, yeah, there are definitely critics I've known in the past 15 years who I respect tremendously, I think are amazing. And then I, I, I just knew that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough because people expect you to be covering the movies that the marketing forces and money mm. are pushing. Um, and so, yeah, it's, but the, the awards thing, but it's tough. That's, that's what I mean. But like, even I think uh, like to a certain extent, I want to speak carefully because, but I even think maybe the way critics organizations function has been affected by this too. I mean, I think, I think something about how they place value on things in the public sphere has been affected by this huge awards industry force. Like they, they become like part of that <laughs> machine more than an alternative to other, uh, to Hollywood ways of valuing things. Um, but I, I'd want to work out that argument before I have, you know, hundreds of critics on <laughs> mass coming at me about that. I think that was pretty yeah. nuanced. I think you're okay. <laughs> but, you know, I think, um, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's what I think this is quite a niche sort of interest um, of mine and, and, and Dario's is, is kind of listening to people almost respond in real time to those changes and think through about what they mean. And, you know, that's, that's something that, we really like about the podcast space is that it does afford that, you know, and that what we call the kind of the good faith conversation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where, you know, which is sort of go back to what you're saying, where you're not going to get to the answers at the end of a conversation, but you might be a little further on, you might have taken a step further back, but that's okay. It's kind of, it's because I think that all of those things are true, aren't they? In terms of like the, the, the challenges that everyone's faced um, and I think that, yeah, there are certain institutions and sort of publications which have folded in the face of it and embraced the, but, but I think there are a significant amount of individual critics and, and places um, that have tried to work out a balance, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, uh, but it's hard because if you try and, if you go too far down a niche road, then you, um you lose the readership and you lose the patronage and yeah. and then it's it's so hard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean and yeah. I, I know I know firsthand as 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 I'm sure you 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 face the the economic forces at work. Um, and not only that, but let's say the way people interpret the economic forces, which is sometimes uh, different from what the economic forces are. Um, uh, and you know for me, you know, more and more of the past years, I have felt that uh, supporter driven is is kind of uh, a really important model, uh, and you know, to get away from ad only driven uh, or or um, <laughs> purely largesse. Um, <laughs> but you know that. That is sort of easier now with, with, you know, different platforms like Patreon or, or, you know, even Substack, but yeah, on, on an institutional level, it, it can require uh, resources that uh, might not be available. Um, so 
it's yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I bet you know. I guess one has to be tough in response to the the toughness, unfortunately. And it's like if we're all, I mean, you know, I don't know. Just to kind of like thinking of another thing, like uh, about the conversation, what we talk about. You know, it's you know, at least in New York, there is less coverage of uh, you know repertory series or um um and that really sucks uh because people really are working hard to share things introduce things share ideas through their programming um and it's horrible to see that fall on unresponsive uh you know uh, ears because you know it's it needs to be all of the things. Cinema is all of the things, you know, it can't just be the flavor of the month. And it's mm. terrible that uh, publications feel that, that pressure um, uh, because it really, yeah, it constrains and narrows what you're talking about. And it just plugs you into all the same machinery that the rest of the world is, is, is stuck in, whether it's media cycles or economic yeah. cycles, you know, it's, and, and anyway, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because it's it's hard to not fall into the nostalgic trap of, sure. mm-hmm. you know, the better in the old days. Because listening to your your recent episode, uh, I can't remember the guest name, uh, but you're talking about the the Bud Bettiker, the the, Bruce the, the fellow that you worked with at the New York Sun, Bruce Bennett, uh, which is a great conversation. And then sort of you know the the idea of a right wing newspaper carrying a James Benning yes piece, you know, like it's hard not to think of those times and think, well. You know, um, but but I think you know that that that's the battle, isn't it? Is to is to to kind of to remain positive and to remain kind of optimistic about the form, and also, yeah, kind of you know, we do this a lot where it's like actually we will cover a certain film, and it, it kind of almost reignites our the reason that we wanted to do the podcast mm-hmm. in the first place, which was to provide a space where we can talk about things which would otherwise not get talked about or would get lost, you know, and, and we were in, we were in Cornwall. I'm still in Cornwall. Um, so film culture was markedly less active than it is in New York. Um, but even so, you know, it's kind of, it's being part of the conversation and, and sort of shining a light on things, which we love doing, you know, um, and knowing that there is an audience out there, which I think is, you know, which we have cultivated and we know is is kind of really pleasing um, because there's no doubt that everything's getting more fractured and that it's going to be, your audience is going to be smaller, but probably more dedicated, more supportive, more engaged. Um, yeah. Uh, and that just feels like a natural, that's how, that's how it's kind of going. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. And, and, and yet somehow this ecosystem supports you know, a, a lot of different uh, voices, a lot of different forms, a lot of different publications. I, you know, I get excited whenever I see some other uh, new publication starting. I think someone um, like a French uh, critic just started one and I was like, that's great. You know, um, you know, you never want to be, I mean, thinking back to being an editor, I never wanted to be the only game uh, in town. You know, it's, it's like the health. I really think of ecosystem because it's like the health of the of our like human intellectual <laughs> mind environment is having lots and lots of people, you know, uh, contributing stuff. Uh, but it is, it is a challenge. Uh, it's definitely always, always a challenge. Um, especially because, you know, some of these marketing forces, um, 
they're they're just plugged into plugged into different systems you know than than what what we talk about um and um you know it's 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 a it's i don't know and and i mean i'd love not to be able to talk about multimillionaire multi-million dollar um marketing budgets but the way that has worked as i observe it is some movie spends 50 million dollars on marketing so that it's all around you so like the average person sees it and it's like oh i should see that to the point where if you don't see it you start feeling weird because it's surrounding you and you haven't seen it that's like how it works it's like pure like fomo you know it's like it's it's not even like it's 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 not even a desire or even like an it's like an implanted desire sometimes and I, a lot of these movies are fun sure but anyway that's how it affects things because i you or i we are not mobilizing that kind of uh surrounding and and twitter mm. which is you know can be this sort of democratizing because the way i i saw twitter and i thought oh everyone suddenly has a publicist um but there's still the question of whether they're getting what you're saying to the right people you know and uh it's that doesn't happen because we all know that the algorithm so a lot of it yeah is does does not really want to help uh you know particular help all voices basically we could go down a film twitter rabbit hole but we probably shouldn't uh... well one oh, the other, oh i remember there was one thing i wanted to say about film twitter which is it just boggles my mind when people are complaining about how in like this semi-ironic ob- obligatory way about what people are talking about and i'm like hmm. you could change that you know it's like you're not powerless you know about yeah. what you're talking about especially because you're not getting paid for it on twitter you know i understand if you feel uh and this is a fact. It's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a freelance writer. I need to, in the Heights, U.S. release, big thing. I could probably place a piece about it. Hopefully I actually feel something about the movie. Um, I get it, you know? But on Twitter, it's like, oh, everyone's talking about this. What are we talking about today? I'm like, just talk about something else, you know? Like, don't complain about what everyone's talking about. Talk about what you're, and fortunately there are people who are just like, here's what I saw this month, you know, let's talk about this or this. I, I love it. I love that, you know? And again, that comes back to my podcast. I want to be able to talk about it all, you know? I want to be able to talk about the things you just saw uh, and connect it to things that are new or not, you know? It's, it's, it, it needs to be all, all together. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ibid. <laughs> I'm kind of engaged in working sort of being aware of and acknowledging when I kind of am falling into the trap of being seduced by that thought of, you know, and I, I, you know, I, my, my day job is a, um, in film education. So I'm kind of, you know, teaching a university. So, and then the podcast is its own thing and I'm writing a book and it's like, but every time I go on, I, I can get drawn into the fact, oh, I haven't seen this. All right. You know, and for me, the social media muscles and the multi-billion dollar marketing muscles are the same they they sort of wired the same way. I wonder if you could just talk a little bit about and the podcast and Substack. You know, you sort of hinted there at kind of moving to kind of direct to subscribers, kind of. You know, why why did you feel that was the the right thing to do for at this time in your kind of career to kind of to kind of have that kind of direct one to one contact? The short answer is that you know at my organization. Uh, I had a lot of free time 
because we were all put on furlough for an indefinite period uh, without uh, pay. So, um, you know, I started taking on writing in, in the summer. Uh, I did, uh, you know, a couple of times pieces. Yeah. I did a piece for this uh, lovely fashion site that uh, supports uh, healthy uh, editorial um, offerings. And so I wrote something for there, actually about the pandemic. And I think it sort of evolved out of that, basically. Um, it's something that has long been an ambition to me. I mean, running a magazine is just generally, you're thinking about what you want to cover, but you're also thinking about your readers. Uh, so that kind of connection comes naturally to me. And, you know, to be honest, as a writer too, you know, I, I would like to think I'm writing to someone, uh, and not just, you know, throwing it out into the void. Uh, I mean, one thing I've always enjoyed over the years is, is writing for different publications, uh, and thinking a little bit about, you know, how what I write how uh, framing it might be different or the different kind of community you're in. Uh, these are perhaps <laughs> subtleties that are not apparent necessarily. But for example, I used to write for this magazine called The L Magazine, uh, which was sort of looked like the old Periscope Digest. Uh, and it was Brooklyn based. And I was basically writing for 10 years there as a, lead critic and I just kind of indulged a certain kind of freedom perhaps imagined or not about how I wrote so you know fortunately that overlapped with a movie like Leviathan uh, the documentary and you know that's really was one of my favorite pieces that uh, uh, in terms of the experience of writing it and getting out there and fortunately people connecting with it uh, whereas the village voice, you know, you feel as if you're part of a different tradition or a different community. Um, yeah. and you know, also Phil comment, it's different. And so that's that idea that they're actually people on the other end, uh, for some reason is, is more compelling to me than imagining, uh, that it's, you know, just a monolith that I'm going to just put out there <laughs> and, uh, and command people to, to come towards. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that kind of connection has, has always been important to me. And I mean, it dovetails a little bit in a different way with talks. Uh, I, one of the things I did while at the magazine was I started a series, a talks series of talks, uh, at, at, you know, that was headlined by the magazine. Um, and that was, uh, you know, also a satisfying experience, um, to, to connect with a live audience. Often that would be composed of people wholly different, uh, totally different than whatever information we had about, uh, our readers from, you know, the readers polls we would yeah. post or something. And also just, you know, younger, like we'd have a whole audience full of college students, um, or coming to a talk about, you know, for them, a filmmaker that would be of a prior generation. And I always thought like, see, you see, it's like, it's like, it, you don't have to project what you think other people are interested in. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I like to write for the curious, uh, you know, 
or at least conscious <laughs> creator or listener um, and kind of let's let's share that vision of our of ourselves um, and, yeah. and see where that takes yeah. us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are all kind of factors that, that go in, go into it. Yeah, it's just interesting because we went the Patreon route, um, but sort of noticing sort of a lot of writers going the Substack route and just, you know, just curious to sort of hear. It's really interesting to hear you sort of lay it out like that. Um, and uh, reminder at the end, yeah, of the of the importance of curation of of what's going on in that in, in every kind of space. You know, um, I didn't even realize because I was off Twitter quite a lot, so I didn't realize that you started your own podcast until Sight and Sound sort of mentioned it in their newsletter, you know, and I think that that's what I think is really interesting about things right now is that there feels like a genuine sort of sharing of who's doing what, you know, um, which is so important because like you say, how do you, you can feel like there's an audience out there for it. That's probably not the normal one, but where are they and how do you get to them? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and our, and, that's that's always something I feel, and and then also people who might just be open to it and don't yeah don't know about it. You know, uh, I mean, one thing I was, yeah, I'm sorry, sometimes it's hard for me to talk about what I've done without feeling like I'm tooting my horn, but I'm I'm just I promise I'm Toot just away. To it's absolutely the, fine. The question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's like you know, with the magazine, I. I really didn't find that people who didn't know about it and then, you know, picked it up that they thought, Oh, this is terrible. I wish I didn't learn about this, <laughs> you know, um, and sort of the same with the podcast. I mean, I'm sure some people tune in and just, they're just not into it. Uh, same with everything, but yeah, you know, they listen to it and they're like, Oh, it's kind of interesting. Didn't always know what you were talking about, but I found I liked it, you know, and I, I like that, you know? Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it is, it is tough. I mean, again, like I, this probably just comes from having to think and worry about these things for a long time. There, it, again, there is machinery, uh, you know, and sometimes it's not a mystery how things get pervasive in the world. You know, I mean, you, 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 you have your list. A publicist has their list. Uh, they send things to, they, they, you know, they um, work with, writers or critics or journalists to start a story about something. Uh, I mean, this is just how I'm not describing anything nefarious. I mean, this is this ongoing give and take and people can give or uh, take or leave what, what they, what they uh, learn about. Um, And so it's, but that, that also requires work. I mean, that's why I admire the work of publicists and and marketers because that's, 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 (laughs) it's, that's, that's an art, you know, that's an art yeah. too. And so, so that's this, I mean, I just have that reality check because, you know, to, you know, it's not like I think I'm, I, I wanted to jokingly answer, you know, earlier, it's like, how is podcasting going? Well, I'm up, got my first million. Um, <laughs> my, my goal is to be able to retire by 2022, you know, how lucrative it is. But uh, anyway, yeah. it's just sort of that, you know, there, yeah, there are things to be done and, and, uh, so um, that there's that kind of yeah. reality check. Like it's not a mystery to kind of jump jump tracks a little bit here, but it's not a mystery to me why people talk a lot about Netflix or why people talk a lot about other other you know streamers necessarily. Um, yeah, be, because I mean that is a very carefully uh, run uh, cultivated um, apparatus. So 
when things are released, how they're released, who they're shared with, um, you know, uh, and that's, that's another thing to be aware of. It's like sometimes so-called, like, I wanted to use a Twitter term here, but I'm like brain dead for some reason, whatever energy there is around something, uh, it's not always an accident, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and, but, but then the problem is that can, that sense, maybe I'm getting too like media theory here, but that sense of things <laughs> can sort of get laundered. It can get laundered through Twitter into the sense that is actually a popular sent- sentiment. Um, yeah. And again, I don't, I'm not knocking any company generally here. I'm just, I'm just saying that's, you know, that's part of the business. And so I, what I would love is that if those sort of tools were things that you or I, <laughs> you know, uh, we could tap into it a little bit so that uh, more people can hopefully enjoy what, what we're doing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Um, and on the podcasting thing. Yeah. That's why I wanted to talk to you because I knew I was talking to the new Joe Rogan. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get it exactly. on the ground floor, right? Um, yeah. But it's yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you know, I think that there's there is that that attraction with podcasting at the moment. But um, you know, and I certainly listen to a lot of podcasts where that I can tell the people are trying to cash in on what they think podcasting is. You know, whereas when I listen to yours, it's like, oh, go. Oh, actually, I can see, I can see where that's come from. How it's you know, like you sort of say that kind of post-film conversation um, that's sort of ended up in the podcast space, but sort of replicates that conversation, but doesn't exclude the listener from it, you know, sort of. And I think that's that feels like a natural fit in a way that a lot of podcasts don't. Yeah. Well, again, I, I really appreciate um, you saying that. I mean, it. it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a tough... Um, balance and yeah again having been a freelancer for you know long stretches in my life i i also understand you know uh, monetizing <laughs> yeah so I, I i yeah i i mean i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm uh i don't know i i i just i try to understand it from from the different perspectives let's move on to the kind of the, the creative stuff of it then you know sure. the hook of the last thing you saw you know what why obviously i guess you know there needs to be some kind of even loose um sort of infrastructure to it you know what what made you sort of use that as the as the kind of the very sort of basis of the of the conversations okay i love this question because this is the answer is very simple i basically realized at some point I mean, I mean, this is a few years ago, but because it was kind of funny to me, but these conversations at, you know, rep houses or festivals, I guess more rep houses, but with other people who, who, you know, love movies, it's, it, that's, that's kind of what it was. That was like, the, the, that was like, it's maybe, how are you? And then it's like, what have you been, what have you been watching? You know, yeah. what, have, what have you been watching? And, and that's, I mean, there's there's actually like a um, a kind of corollary question as well, which is or, or 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 sentiment, which is oh yeah, I meant to see that, but I couldn't. Like I would have sometimes <laughs> whole conversations, you know, in, in real kind of when everything was firing all all cylinders in terms of uh, cinemas, uh, 
you would just exchange information about cool series or screenings. You may not even have been able to go to all of them. And so you'd just be saying, oh, yeah, yeah. I wish I had seen that. Oh, yeah, I wish I had seen that. Oh, yeah, that's so great. <laughs> and and I just thought, you know what? I mean, <laughs> A, let's first, let's try to see more of these things, uh, which the past year has given the time to do. I finally got through, you know, some piles of DVDs, uh, you know, that, that have just been sitting there. Um and so that was, that was it. That was it. It's as simple as like, that's the conversation I have. Um, I mean, there is a matter of the wording of it, which um, I, yeah, that's just something I've, I've liked doing is coming up with headlines and coming up with phrases and names of columns and things. That's always, I was, I was doing that in the past, you know, feeling seen or um, all these things. Um, in this case, I like the ring of it. I also have to say, I think probably the fact that it was a pandemic and I, I'm not, this is going to sound terrible, but I didn't mind that there was maybe like a morbid ring to it uh, <laughs> just because it expressed, it expressed an anxiety, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. Um, what's the last thing I saw? <laughs> and, and, and the luxury is that fortunately it's just a movie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's nothing more traumatic than that. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a, I don't know, nice, had a nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, it seems to be, seems to be working. And I've also been applying it more um, in filmmaker interviews. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, I mean, that's honestly something I've often asked, uh, you know, especially if I'm at a festival, I've, I've talked with filmmakers and I ask them what they're watching. Um, it's just, I mean, there's a way that that turns into its own, um, you know, I'm sure we can both think of like filmmakers where they're kind of, you know, it's, it's, you kind of get lost in talking about other filmmakers, other, other films in a way. Um, yeah. And I think that's natural. Um, but it, I don't know. It's also just a kind of fun, neutral space where you can kind of uh, take, take the weight off and appreciate an art. Appreciate the art form. It doesn't have to be your movie. <laughs> so that's nice as well. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a really lovely, simple hook. You mentioned he used to talk about the morbidity of it because it definitely, it, it definitely um, sort of speaks to that kind of innate cinephile anxiety of not seeing everything um, yeah. and, and not wanting the last thing you see to be Howard the Duck. Um, before, <laughs> exactly. before you pass um, so I, I guess what, what the thing that made me think was oh it's a really good way of kind of structuring your watching you know so so do you have a kind of sense of the films that you want to ask people to watch or kind of you know is it really just really natural kind of whatever they bring to the table kind of thing it 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 generally is organic I I'm I don't really set assignments uh because i guess i want to kind of be in their worldview in a way and that's kind of one way of doing that is kind of you know seeing through their eyes what what they've been seeing um i mean we will sometimes yeah. if we want to make sure and it would just make sense that we see something uh, or if new releases you know if there's there's some movie we want to make sure every, you know, everyone's seen, we, we might make sure we see that. Um, <laughs> I mean, personally, you know, I will also um, sometimes try, try to see something if I, if I know someone's going to talk about, but a lot of times I, I don't uh, I'm, I'm, and I, I like that, you know, I, cause I like yeah. 
that kind of improvisational aspect to it. Um, also, yeah, I mean, like, like, like uh, everyone who's um, <laughs> helplessly uh, obsessed, I mean, I'm watching a ton of things as well. So, I, I mean, I, I have seen usually what they're talking about. Um, and if not, I have a ton of questions about it. So yeah. um, either yeah. way, it kind of it kind of works out. Um, I mean, yeah. there, obviously there are. Um, yeah, I mean, I just try to be sensible about it. You don't want to be in a situation where no one's seen the same things, but also there's no, like, there's no path. <laughs> there's no clear path somehow. Um, but but I, I I do really try to keep it keep it loose because I also feel that opens the opportunities for new connections um, between movies and new understandings. Uh, so there's there's that kind of that that. To this. So it's a, I don't know, it's kind of a mix of that spontaneous, but you know, also, um, yeah, think, thinking a little bit about about the path path for it. And in a classic podcast move, I'm gonna ask my final question, which is, what is the last thing you saw? <laughs> oh, oh, the tables <laughs> are turned. Um, <laughs> um, the last thing I saw, um, well, I'm going to have to. It's going to take me a sec because the last thing I've been watching some press stuff that is you can't talk about. Yeah, not in like a <laughs> annoying way, but just literally like that was the that was the deal. Um, so let me think. And then I've been watching some things in the Tribeca Film Festival um, because that's at, at the time we're recording is we're in the middle of it. Um, yeah. So what have I seen recently? I mean, one movie. I definitely saw Uncut Gems, but it's not. I know it's not the most recent thing I've I've seen recently, or uh, the most recent thing I've seen. Um, or maybe it is. I think. Yeah, maybe 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 it is. Maybe that maybe that's what it is. <laughs> of all things, uh, I mean, speak. I feel like we've been talking about hustle, uh, hustling in a way, in so yeah. many words. So maybe that's appropriate, but that is that is the last thing I saw that you know has not been Tribeca or some other kind of press related uh, thing. I had this couple of days where um, I saw Uncut Gems and La Jetée, which I had not seen in a long time, and wow. you know, no surprise, but you know, there's a reason there's some movies you can just return to again and again. Um, and I guess okay, I'll give you something totally that was a that was um, I don't think I've seen before. The whole shooting match, okay. The Eagle Pinnell, um, which uh, I had seen in a cruddy copy like long time ago, but I finally watched it on um, on Mubi of all places. I did not expect it to be on their like repertoire in their repertoire, um, and that was really wonderful to to see. I mean, just. I, I, especially when I, when I started reading about it um, and only because I felt like, God, no one's really doing justice <laughs> to, to this movie, which is, I mean, I, I just was reading it described as like a, you know, strong example of regional filmmaking that paved the way for this or that. But I just thought in and of itself, um, it's, it's, it's just a great slice of life uh, and, you know, kind of sort of sad sack, uh, you know, story, um, but just just the detail 
that the the actors lend to their their characters they feel entirely lived in and in some ways i guess they are um i i don't know that was that was that was a great one uh, for me cool nice to get a little bit yeah uh, insight into the the whole last thing you saw process there, and it was nice because I get then I get to mention the the I know we didn't shoot um, uncut gems, but the Sean Price Williams and Nick Pinkerton episode, which is just one of my favourite podcasts of uh, of recent times. Um, what what a fun time that was! I love that. Yeah, they're great, and and that I I mean I I that was such a such a joy to do, and just because there was yeah, there's just such. <laughs> there's just such a joy and just a casualness to I, I don't know it just felt like yeah that's that's they're watching these movies they're reading these things it's not it didn't it's not like I don't know about you but some of what I grew up with came up through was again like a feeling of one-upmanship or yeah. like I'm, I'm kind of showing off what I've seen um, and that's not what it felt like at all. We were just talking. They just happened to be seeing and doing and, and reading these awesome things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, and that's what it feels like. And that's the feeling, that's the feeling that, you know, that, that comes across a lot, uh, listening to your, your podcast is that, that inclusive space, you know, where it's not about, yeah, kind of point scoring, but it is about just having conversations um so yeah really really appreciate um you coming on to talk about it and to yeah sort of chat about podcasting and movies um and yeah thanks for thanks for your good work um and yeah i really appreciate you talking to me today thank you so much i appreciate you having me on and it's uh yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm appreciative of the work you you do as well i i and i i don't know i just it's nice to be you know part of this uh kind of community and i hope that we can uh talk again yeah that would be great thanks for your time have a nice time at the tribeca film festival thanks uh i will i'm i I actually i will be probably later assuming i get through editing another podcast So there we have it. Thank you, Nicholas, for your time. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed that conversation. Um, Dario, what did you make of our chat? Anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, there's quite a bit that, that, that came out that we can we, we can discuss. Um, I think to, to begin with, I, I really liked this idea of him reckoning with what he was trying to do in a conversational sense. And that idea that the podcast offers something different to writing i mean it seems obvious but what is it that it that it offers writing and that sense of working through um criticism or working through thoughts about a film that that don't require a definitive answer don't don't require a state or the, the text you know which gives a kind of status stasis um which you can kind of infer whenever you read something it's like oh this is what this person thinks because they're not there to kind of nuance it um and the way that that really helps in certain situations, like for example, festival coverage. And, and I know when we did, you know, when we've done the Berlin episodes, I think that, that one of the best parts of that over the, the couple of years that we've done it is when me and you could hang out together that one day. And I, I really hope that, you know, sometime in the future we can be at the 
at the festival exactly at the same point so we can go off and see you know certain things and maybe do two or three shorter episodes one by one when we're both in on it because that idea of the movie theater um, lobby as a space is really interesting and it ties in i think to when we first started the podcast here in terms of you know that the the we were we were doing the screenings in the university and then there was a an opportunity to have that have that post screening di- discussion and and encapsulating all, all or grounding it in the idea of film film viewing as a kind of cultural experience that's beyond just you know the artifact itself um and that you know that lovely phrase that you use polyphonous dialogue in terms of the the, the interaction of voices um was really interesting um I think one of the other things that really struck me was that that idea of of him being tired of film Twitter and the adversarial nature of film criticism that has been amplified through film Twitter and the idea of trying to create a sort of space, a critical space, but one where the the, the people engaging know that they're not trying to one up each other and you know sort of over override somebody else's opinion that there's there is that. I think I, I, I suppose it, it links to the, that notion of the there isn't a definitive answer. But you know, you were talking about that thing that we've talked about a lot in terms of good faith, and the fact that the space of the podcast does seem to be in the main. I mean, again, I know that there are podcasts that are adversarial that that offer, a, but but for us, it kind of offers a, that idea of even if you disagree, there's a space for kind of working through. Ah, this person is is their opinion is coming from a good a, a place of kind of like good faith. And, and and not automatically assuming that there is a that somebody is being adversarial or, or belligerent on purpose, which is tend to tends to be, I think, what happens on on film Twitter. And then just really interesting stuff again on on. I mean, one of the things that really struck me, and I totally agree with him, is is awards season, and the way that film criticism it it almost its authority has been relinquished a little bit in terms of. You know, he said he didn't want to be too harsh and say that people are lazy in terms of, you know, grounding their opinions on what is going to do well or not do well in awards season. But I will be harsh. I don't give a shit about any of that. And I think that people who just go on about it are are lazy. And and it's just as lazy, I think, as, as the ways in which um, legacy media particularly now tries to keep up with the internet in terms of having articles that are based around lists, you know, the the, the the 10 movies that you know you should see in your 20s or whatever it you know whatever it might be that's a poor example but you know what i mean it's just listicles and and kind of like why i watch this movie that everybody thinks is yeah. shit yeah, yeah it's like you know it's just su- such a poor framework to set up a, a journalist who has to conform to it and he says that sometimes you know you as a as a freelancer but also as somebody who's syndicated as a writer you don't you don't get the choice and i think there's a really interesting that that's one of the interesting differences, I think, from where he comes from in terms of his podcasting approach, as to where we come from in terms of the, the we're not we're not kind of bounded by some of the things that I think he still specifically is bounded by, but also just because he's he's from a journalistic ba- background, he he thinks in that way. Yeah, and that's his living, isn't it? And yeah, like, you exactly. Know, in a way that it's not for us. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's really sure. really astute. But then, and, and that's what I liked about his conversation around Mank you know, with the production designer was because, you know, no one was, no one really cares about the production designer in the, in the main, you know, it's a feature and the old, you know, so that was, and that, that did make me not, I mean, I still don't necessarily like the film, 
Um, I haven't seen it, I've only seen it once, but it certainly, yeah, drew out some of the things about it that, that were rooted in things I liked about it, you know, which was the design and the way it looked and, and the, the location work and the, the set work, you know, was just was really wonderful. Um, and yeah, there, there's just a, I think that's that's really interesting to sort of hear you sort of put it that way because I think that's kind of the the one of the things I really like about the the podcast is because he's using it as a space to to do what you know what so many people complain about on film Twitter, which is like why are we talking about all this stuff? And he's just made the choice not to. So yeah. the podcast is a space where people, and that's why I think the conversation is so good because it's he's bringing in those those people who are often finding themselves having to write about certain things because it's their their journalistic career but then here in that space he's cultivated which i think is similar to what we do is we can talk about other things you know and the, mm. the passion that comes from that and the criticality that comes from that is great because that there is a space to do that that's not really provided in many other places um and it's just a nice reminder yeah that you don't you don't have to be in that conversation you know mm. you, don't, you can you can carve your own space and, and podcasting is such a as we know such a great way of doing that you know because it's a really rewarding space for for conversation um and it means yeah you, you can just you just sort of, oh, I, I i almost feel like when i'm when i'm going when i'm listening to podcasts like i'm literally stepping out of a really noisy room you know yeah, 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 like yeah. in terms of film it's like i just I just I can just I take the quiet and the peace and the the, the conversation and it's it's so res- restorative in the sense of actually you know what like over here in 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 Twitter with everyone sort of shouting about the same thing like I just I literally feel like I'm stepping into another space and I love that yeah about it um yeah. yeah and I think one of the other things which is always kind of like a can of words subject to open but I think you know you could, he's got the space to do it and he sort of acknowledged that and we do I think as well is this idea of what it, what it means to have an inclusive conversation and rather than the inclusive conversation relating specifically to things like gender and race, although it can do that, obviously, I think it should be like understanding how you're being inclusive really in terms of tone and expectations of knowledge and what, what one can and what, what somebody might be able to access, you know, or not, as the, as the yeah. case may be. And... You know, I think that, that that's always a kind of tricky line to 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 kind of dance around, or to, you know, or to walk, I should say. Get my metaphors <laughs> right, um, because there's an always a Venn diagram of the way you talk about something or what you talk about is going to include or exclude certain people, and I think that's the problem with with film Twitter and 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 really a lot of conversation generally that is on the internet is that. You know, you do something and it's going to exclude somebody and therefore you may get called out on it. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't include. But you can't include everything all the time. It's really, really, really difficult. And like, you know, there's there's areas of film conversation that I'm excluded from. And, you know, because of in, in, in many ways, you could argue because of my identity, I haven't got the right to say that I'm being excluded. But it, Again, I don't. I'm not moaning about that, but it's just like, like, say something like fan. Certain fan cultures are not designed for me to be included in that, and that's totally fine. And yeah, maybe sometimes I'm a little bit, um, you know, I don't know what the what the word is facetious maybe in terms of criticizing something that really is not aimed at me, or you could argue I don't really understand, and that's that that's totally fine. But then what I don't do is say 
oh, I'm I'm being excluded from this. I, you know, I, I, you know, it's my job to include myself in in that sense. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, full caveats. There are areas which are ex- exclusive for really problematic reasons. But I think that the, you know, you have when you're talking about conversation and 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 podcasting. It's very different. I think you're really on on a slippery slope when you're trying to be like ultra puritanical or pure, let's say, in terms of well, everybody is is going to be included here. Because in a way, you know, we're not the kind of podcast that is broad enough to to include everybody, really. Yeah, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, yeah, and I think again, it's why 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 are we, why are people listening? to podcasts you know why are people engaging why are people reading you know um it it feels like and i think it's you know it feels like people are not reading to learn or listening to learn or to expand it's it's to reaffirm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and to be and to be to, to sort of be spoken back to um and you know there was that great still processing episode recently where wesley morris was talking about going to a line dancing club in like in the south yeah or going to a bar in the south and they were doing line dancing and his understanding of like and his enjoyment of line dancing which is absolutely like you say was not for him yeah you know and it, the way he talked about it was just a great example of how you how you appreciate and enjoy things that are not for you you know yeah like that, that you are excluded from it in so many ways culturally racially um even in terms of basic taste but you can still be um, a participant in the experience, albeit one that is just learning and seeing and understanding. Like that, to me, is an inclusive experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and the 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 good faith, I think, is that the for us is like over the course of doing the podcast for however many years we do it, we're going to try and learn as much and and spend as much time in those spaces as possible, but. Can, we we conceive it in its entirety as a project. If you were to drop in on one episode, you might be like, "Well, they haven't talked about this," and it's like, "Well, that's not the yeah, that's yeah. not what we're doing here," you know. And that's not what podcasting is in in the spaces that we like it. You know, it's about ongoing conversations and it's about building experiences and building understanding. Um, but yeah, that 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 that's, that that is at odds with a lot of kind of conversation and culture in, in every sphere of yeah, society. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, well, you have to always be talking about all the things all the time and acknowledging all the things all the time. And the last couple of days, I've read two things. One which, you know, acknowledged really well in a line or two, time and the problematic nature of the passing of time based on, um, you know, watching something now that was from like 30 years ago and, and acknowledging the passing of time. And one which spent so long trying to, you know, excuse itself from even wanting to talk about this thing, which contains something which wasn't massively problematic in the scheme of things, but went so overboard in trying to make sure it wouldn't be attacked for talking about this thing, which could be yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like that just turned me off. I was like, I'm not, you know, yeah. a line or two to acknowledge. I understand is fine, and I'm happy to see that, that the writer has that context. But I certainly don't want to read half the piece as an explanation of. Why am I allowed to read this thing or watch this yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's anticipating a reader yep. finding a problem with it yeah, 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 yeah. and wanting to show, actually, I understand all this stuff. And it's like, well, th- th- you, you've, you've wasted half your word count. Yeah. 
and what's the piece about? It can't be anything. It can never be anything than a general thing. Then, mm. and I, you know, that's that's a difficult thing to. Um, I mean, to that's think the thing, about, isn't it, it, about podcasts not having the definitive answer? Whereas, like, there's almost a requirement now. I think when you come to read an article that maybe is about, I don't know, a Polanski film or something. You know what I mean? Or or a Harvey Weinstein produced movie or whatever. Yeah. Like a little asterisk somewhere. That just says I do not condone or or supportive of anything that is connected with this production in relation to you know these areas. So you can just start a disclaimer. Like I'm not interested in that. I'm not. But that's not going to be enough. You know what I mean for for the climate that we're in right now, which is really yeah. is really sad. But it, it's the advantage I think of podcasting, and I think this was sort of Nick was alluding to this that that it that it has at this moment in time over overwriting and where 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 that advantage sort of gives it a, a, a place to have um to go in areas that that, that writing kind of finds it, it, it's stultified by the situation is what i'm saying writing is now that podcasting yeah. can kind of negotiate that a little bit easier maybe well i think you're right there because and it goes back to what you were saying at the start you know that there's it it adds a layer, doesn't it? It's not just what is said; it's how you can yeah. hear how someone's yeah, how yeah, someone's yeah, yeah. saying it and how someone's thinking about it. And if you're if you're listening actively and intently to the conversation, you you should be able to come away knowing, you know, how that person is trying to to think about that thing. And often that means that slips or you know inconsistencies or things you know you kind of you let them go because you know that the person is trying to work it out and is not is not trying to find the answer but is trying to f- move the conversation on yeah and that is one of the great the great things that podcasting does have over writing i think at the moment is the ability to to have a kind of an aural context which helps the listener understand where the person's coming from without them having to say it because yeah. you can just hear them hear them wrestle with it yeah, yeah. no and I, and I think it do it does come across Kind of maybe more more so in our podcast that even in 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 Nick's because I think that there is a sort of I mean especially in his conversations towards the end with with the people he knows I think there's an implicit sense of you know where their where their uh, where their joint histories lie and it's yeah. uh, it's really refreshing that actually where where it, it really is a sort of this is a conversation that uh, that is about two people who know each other take it or leave it. You know what I mean, which is is kind of interesting yeah. in terms of the organic nature of watching or discussing some something and and just acknowledging that there's an audience there that is either going to listen or they're not, rather than trying to cultivate something, which you know most podcasts have to do, and us included. I think that there's more of a a kind of um, at least at least a, a, an attempt to to frame each episode in a certain way in terms of why we're doing what what we're what we're doing but it's not necessarily something that is required you can you can kind of take it or leave it which is really which is really nice you know yeah yeah absolutely there's space for everything indeed so uh congratulations on that and and getting through the tech and getting through the edit which is always nice hopefully now we've got we've kind of you've sorted out your internet and i've sorted out my computer so hopefully things will be back to normal uh, let's say um just a word on the 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 patreon newsletter We'll be coming out our July recommendations, bumper recommend, recommendations as usual. And Neil will be leading on the article this uh, this month. So obviously 
Um, if you if, if you deem our podcast worthy of support in an economic sense and you can afford it, we really appreciate that to to uh, keep us moving forward. We're in the in the vein, aren't we, Neil? Now of trying to do, of, of sort of thinking about what next season is going to is going to look like. And there's a few um, people and uh, ideas that we've already got. Yep, yeah, uh, percolating away. Um, I've got my my episode on independent magazines um, will be out in the new season now um, due to recording with with the participants. But I'm really excited about that. And yeah, we've started conversations about maybe an in real life venue event. Yeah. Um, Again, which would be really exciting. It will Again, be. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. to yeah, that'll feel like a, that would a be return good. to the past for sure. Um, yeah, so excited to. I'm not really sure what we've got left. We're kind of right at the end of the season. Yeah, um, maybe one or maybe two one episodes or two to come. Yeah, uh, and hopefully, and a very special bonus next yeah. week. Hopefully, cool, indeed. Um, so yeah, um, thanks very much um, for your continued support and attention. This has been the Cinematologist Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>